Good evening, ghouls and ghoulettes, and welcome to Killer Horror Critic, the podcast worth dying for. Hosted by the Killer Horror Critic himself, this is the show where guests from all over the horror spectrum join to talk about some of their favorite horror films. So get snugged under the covers, grab a cuddly puppy, and prepare for tonight's blood-curdling episode of Killer Horror Critic. Ho, 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 and happy dead days, horror fans. <laughs> this is Killer Horror Critic, and I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Chris. And this is the podcast where my wife and I critique and argue over horror films like a couple of drunks at the bar. So today we are, as you might be able to imagine, kicking off our holiday-themed <laughs> horror month with the theme of Silent Night, Deadly Night, the franchise. So... <laughs> We will be talking about all five original Silent Night, Deadly Night movies, uh, <laughs> forgetting the remake, although I do actually like the remake. I think it's a lot of fun and deserves way more credit than it got when it released, Yeah, but it's very different. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, so we're going to be talking about that. So this film came out in 1984. It was directed by Charles E. Sellier, who also did a film called The Annihilators. Uh, he didn't really get much work directing after this movie because of the controversy surrounding it so that's Aww. so that's kind of sad because i think it's a great movie and yeah. did it. but we're gonna get into that so uh it was written by michael hickey this was his only feature that he wrote and it's basically about a guy named billy played by robert brian wilson who witnesses both of his parents murdered by a guy in a santa claus suit when he's a kid and then he grows up hating Santa Claus and being traumatized by it all. And then one night he is forced to wear a Santa suit for a bunch of kids at the toy store he works at. And after a couple of unfortunate events, he decides, you know what? I'm going to take on the role of Santa myself tonight and go punish all the bad <laughs> people. So, so he ends up going on a killing spree. So, so we are going to be talking about that tonight. We are going to be spoiling the hell out of this movie. So if you haven't seen it. Please do go check it out. I believe it's streaming, possibly. I think you can find it maybe on Tubi or something like that. I, I know all of the sequels are on Tubi. I'm just not <laughs> sure about the first one. But if you can't find it streaming anywhere, I do highly recommend renting this one. Um, it's an annual Christmas watch for me. Yeah, so <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, it's a great horror slasher that has survived quite well over the last three or four decades. Uh, before we get into that, we have our usual spoiler-free content. So... As far as releases go this week, there's really not too much this week, unfortunately. Again, we're kind of getting to the, the end of the year here, so, <laughs> so it's slim pickings. Uh, so there is one movie I wanted to mention coming out, and that is The Advent Calendar, which will be out on the 2nd on Shudder. And it, this is one that's basically about a uh, paraplegic woman who gets a antique advent calendar from her friend from Germany and discovers that... Basically, like the best way I can think of to describe it, discovers basically that it's possessed by some kind of demon or such. And, All right. and with every door in the average calendar that she opens, there's a piece of chocolate and some sort of note or task or instruction, whatever. And basically, she, she once she eats the first chocolate, she has to eat all of them leading up to Christmas and all of the tasks 
are kind of like a mix of some good things, mostly bad things, mostly sacrificial things. It sounds a lot cooler than it is. I, <laughs> I was not... I was not a raving fan about it. You can find my review for it on KillerHorrorCritic.com. I, I thought that it kind of gets a little messy because when you think about the, I, I think it's a really neat concept when yeah. you think about the idea of an advent calendar. You know, you're talking about that gives tasks per day. You're talking about like 24 things, right? So, oh, so it kind of yeah. it, it kind of gets to the point where it's a little bit too much, or it starts like skipping over a lot of time, and you start to really not have much idea of what the hell's going on and then <laughs> and then the rules of it don't kind of work well you know so I kind of <laughs> I kind of thought it's supposed to be one of those things of like you know she she is having to do things and make choices and sacrifices and whatnot uh-huh. but really that doesn't happen too much like towards the end a little bit sure uh, but for the most part it's kind of like the demon kind of doing its own thing and so it just so there's just there's just a lot of it that doesn't really work like it, it's not fully fleshed out i thought mm-hmm. and, and the kills are kind of meh uh. <laughs> uh like they're interesting but a lot of them are off screen or you just don't see anything at all so Ooh. uh so so a lot of it didn't really work for me it also does not have the christmas vibe that i feel like you gotta have in a holiday horror movie so like you know, if you're setting it around Christmas, that's one thing. But, I mean, it's a movie about a goddamn advent calendar. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's very little, like, eerie Christmas touch to it, right? You know, and, and I just think this is a holiday, as we're going to discuss with Silent Night, Deadly Night, that is so rich and perfect for an atmospheric horror movie. Yeah. That to see this one just not use Christmas at all, <laughs> other than, like, a Christmas tree in the background. Then what's um, the point? Yeah, it just I don't know, it just felt like a lot of missed opportunities. Now, I don't want to I don't want to undersell it, you know, it's still it's still an interesting horror flick to check out and you don't really have much else that you get to watch this week, so so I do recommend checking it out just to see if it's a little maybe a little bit more for you. But so that's releases for the week. So one other thing we like to do before spoilers is every week on Twitter at Killer Critics, I like to put up a poll kind of getting your thoughts and feelings on the film and what you think of it. So between love it, it's fine, don't like it, and never seen it, where do you think the audience falls on Silent Night, Deadly Nights? I mean, obviously love it. This is a Christmas like classic. This is a horror classic. So there's no way it's not love it. Have you not learned to never say obviously on this? <laughs> no, you do not love it. No, 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 you actually are right. It's just not. Ah. It's just not by as wide of a margin as you think. So. I don't know. Uh, I feel like the moment that we see uh, Darcy and Joe Bob reenact the iconic kill from this cements in my head that it has to be Love It. Indeed, yeah. No, the the last drive-in did an amazing special for Silent Night, Deadly Night, where they reenact uh, Linnea Quigley's iconic death scene yeah. that I highly recommend watching if you haven't. But yeah, so Love It got 39%. It's Fine got 31.2%. Don't Like It got 6.5%. And a very surprising 23.4%. I've never seen it. Uh, I was actually kind of shocked by that one because this is such a like classic Christmas slasher, right? Yeah. That, you know, to me, like... 1984 ain't that old, you know. So I was kind of, <laughs> so it, it's. It, I'm a little surprised to see that 23% haven't seen it. Um, just because it is such a well-known holiday horror film, and you know, we do have lots of holiday Christmas, Hanukkah. What? Well, not as many Hanukkah, unfortunately, but we do have a lot of Christmas horror movies, you know. So I get it. You haven't seen them all, but I mean, it's Silent Night Deadly. It's Night. You got to go see Silent Night Deadly Night. Yeah. So. Anyways, we always like to get your comments as well uh, for this on Twitter and just kind of see what you think of the film. So these are all from Twitter. We got a few of these. So if you want to, if you're not interested in these, you know, go ahead and skip ahead 10 minutes. But 
but first up is at Real Feels Pod. So that's R E E L F E E L S P O D. And they've got podcasts, obviously. You should check them out. Uh, but they say Silent Night, Deadly Night is absolutely amazing and a must for keeping the horror vibe going, even into the Christmas season. On par with wacky things like Christmas Evil and Deadly Games. From inventive kills with the antlers to knowing what triggers Santa into punishing people, it's Yuletide fun. <laughs> I think that is the best, like, advertisement for this movie ever. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, this movie is great. Like, I think when it comes down to, like, Christmas traditions with horror films, Silent Night, Deadly Night is definitely up there on the list, especially for me. I mean, I have to admit, Santa Jaws is one of my personal How favorites. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you mention Santa Jaws on a Silent Night, Deadly Night podcast? I, I'm kidding. My favorite kill of Santa is those Santa slays, I think, though. Uh, the one with Goldberg? I think so. The the wrestler dude? Yeah, yeah, Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, because it's ridiculous. <laughs> no, Santa Slay is amazing. I, it is. I, I love I, it. I fucking love that movie. And I, you know, that that's another one where I'm just like kind of shocked that it's so overlooked because th- now Silent Night, Deadly Night is not one that's overlooked. That, no. uh, everybody knows of Silent Night, Deadly Night, even if you've never seen it, I think. Uh, but Santa Slay is one of those that I feel like kind of got overlooked when it came out. You know, because it's a little direct-to-video horror film with Goldberg. And, I mean, granted, it was at the time where Goldberg was a little more popular, but still mm-hmm. it feels like, you know, it's not as beloved as it maybe should be. Because if you've never seen Santa Slay, that movie is hilarious. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's Goldberg losing his goddamn mind as a killer Santa, and I cannot get enough of it. <laughs> yep. This Silent Deadly Night is a weird, like... Oh, it's way different. <laughs> it's way different. Like, Santa Slice is ridiculous. And for me, what I really like about Silent Night, Deadly Night is, for anybody who has been listening to us for a while, you know I like really, like, over-the-top ridiculous things. And this movie does a great job of balancing having kind of really silly things in it that I don't think were intentional, but are comical nonetheless, and having just these amazing kills. It, you know, it's funny because uh, in listening to an interview with Michael Hickey, the writer of the film, he he said that it all kind of came together for him at one point when he was watching the scene with young Billy uh, interacting with his grandpa uh, in that in that you know iconic. Uh, Christmas Eve is the scariest goddamn night of the year, or something like that. Uh, he, he said in watching that scene performed, he was like, oh, this is a comedy. <laughs> you know, and, and, so, and so it is kind of funny, like, when you watch through the film, uh, there, there are moments where, you know, he, he never intended it to be, like, a laugh-out-loud, like, you know, punchline jokes kind of comedy, right? Mm -hmm. But there are things when you watch it that are comical, you know, like the grandpa scene. It's, it's creepy, but it's kind of funny, right? And then, and then there's other points too, where like at one point Billy's walking by a snowman and for no reason he just chops its head (laughs) off with an ax, you know? It's little things like that that are kind of thrown in to have a little bit of a humorous vibe, right? Because otherwise this film is a a deeply traumatic, like (laughs) psychological horror movie, right? Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. It's pretty fucked up. Um, but no, but anyway, so yeah, I, I completely agree with everything Real Fuels Pod said, and I also want to mention, because they do uh, reference the films Christmas Evil and Deadly Games, if you've never seen either of those either, highly, highly, highly recommend. Both are amazing, <laughs> <laughs> and both are killer Santa movies, so. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, thank you at Real Fuels Pod for the comment, appreciate it. Next up is at Mr. Phil Armitage, so that's M R P H I L A R M O T. 
A-G-E, hopefully I spelled that okay, and they said, one of the best slashers of the 80s. It manages to be both cheesy, exploitive, and almost disturbingly mean-spirited and heartbreaking. <laughs> I mean, best slasher of the 80s is a pretty high crown. Hey, uh, hey, you know, everyone has everyone, what, everyone has their movie. I think Nightmare on Elm Street's the best slasher. Other people think it's Halloween. Friday the 13th, <laughs> any of them for me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but my taste is is special. I but no, you are right. Like this is such a fantastic slasher and like we were just talking And they didn't say the best. They said one of the best, which I actually would agree with. <laughs> yeah, I can I can agree with like one of the best. And I think definitely overlooked in comparison to like you know, it's big franchise brothers, mm. which is kind of unfortunate because, yeah, this movie does a really great job of balancing, you know, like we were talking about the comedic effect, these great kills and just this super fucked up storyline. Like when you just look at Billy's like Billy's journey throughout this entire thing, if it wasn't for like the fun little moments, this would be a really sad movie. I mean, it's a sad movie regardless. Like yeah. it's. <laughs> I mean, I think it is. You know, the the thing with Silent Night, Deadly Night is that, and I think uh, Mr. Phil Armitage here touched on it pretty well, is that, you know, it, it does balance those things really well. And, and that's kind of, for me, what sets it apart as a slasher from a lot of others that you would see at the time, right? So, like, you know, you, you think of My Bloody Valentine, for example, mm-hmm. pure, like, trashy, slasher, gory horror movie, right? Yep. Without much more to it than that. And that's fine. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. But Silent Night, Deadly Night is is much more complex than that, and it's much darker than that, you know? Yeah. like it. Like, this is a film that I watch it, and it's such an interesting watch because – there, there are times where you're having fun with the crowd. The kills are great. I mean, I don't know how a crowd doesn't go fucking nuts over Linnea Quigley's death or something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, minor spoiler there. Um, but, but you know, you have these moments that make it kind of feel like your traditional 80s slasher. But then you, but then you are doing these things where like it's a dark, like ugly, mean movie. You know, like it is a mean movie and yeah. and some people i think don't know quite know what uh some of us mean when we say that and so like was you know because any slashers mean to some degree right because they're <laughs> killing people but but when i say mean with silent night deadly night, i mean or but when i say mean with silent night deadly night i mean that there are moments where the movie is not necessarily having fun <laughs> and where it is really just like scarring almost you know yeah. <laughs> like it's like like the and even just with the way some of the kills are done, like, if you watch the the uncut version of this, you know, like, you're seeing, like, blades get, you know, punctured in the bodies and, like, ripped up through from, you know, the belly to the chest and everything. And, and it's, it's like... It's amazing. And it's amazing, but it's just, like, I don't know, there's just, just such a dark darkness to this movie <laughs> like like the whole scene where you know uh where billy's parents are killed is like super hor like yeah. just just ugly and you know uh so so it, it's it's very effective i think at actually being quite scary despite the you know kind of more comical moments like young billy punching sand in the face right <laughs> i mean we've all wanted to punch sand in the face though oh yeah no live in my dreams through billy here's <laughs> No, but I think when you have a movie where its major theme that we keep coming back to is punishment, it's really hard for that movie, if it's done well like this one is, for it to not be a mean movie. Because punishment is not nice. <laughs> Indeed it is not. Indeed punishment is not nice, Chris. Um, <laughs> it is quite naughty. Uh, 
But, all right, so thank you at Mr. Phil Armitage for the comment. Appreciate it. And then last comment is from at Neon Robot Attack. So I don't think I have to spell that. Neon Robot Attack. And they say, the reason I say don't like it is the sequel is so much more fun and is mostly a highlight reel of the first film. So the first movie becomes superfluous for me as a standalone. <laughs> I, I love that reasoning so much. I, I guess for me, like... I don't know. When the second one's like just a highlight movie, don't you want the authentic thing, though? No, no, no. See, I actually agree with this comment. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, it, so, it's so been a while since I've watched the second one. Yeah, well, so here's my thing. Like, the, If we're talking quality, right, mm-hmm. the first movie's way better. The, yeah. the, like, Silent Night, Deadly Night is actually a great movie. Yes. Right? It's actually a really well done, very effective, great film. However... I do also kind of prefer part two for a similar reason in that, one, you get all of the best parts of Silent Night, Deadly Night in part two. So for those who haven't seen part two, which we will be talking about next week, uh, part two is is mo- like half, like the first hour <laughs> or, or f- <laughs> like the first 45 minutes to an hour is basically a recap of the first film. And we'll get into all that next week with why so that is and all that. Weird. Um, but it's basically a recap of the first film. And so you basically get a highlight reel of all of the best moments from the first movie. What's missing is the extraordinary darkness of the original, <laughs> like like that really awkward discomfort, like uneasiness, you know? Mm. So, so if you want to be scared, the first one's better but the second one, you know, if you're looking for something a little bit more fun and cheerful, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the second one is better for that because you get a highlight reel of the best moments. And then you also get what was filmed for the second one, which is just completely batshit bonkers. <laughs> like, I, I forget the actor's name off the top of my head, but the guy who plays the killer Santa in that movie is just, like, completely insane. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, like, his performance is just unlike anything else I've ever seen. <laughs> like like a like an alien trying to be a human. Oh, I'm um, so excited for this now. And, and and so and so like all of the new stuff that was filmed for part two is just completely bonkers. Like that movie is hilarious. You know, a lot of you have probably seen the gift that flies around of the guy screaming garbage day as he like fires a gun at somebody. <laughs> like that's that's the killer in this movie. It, it it's it's wild. So um so I do actually kind of agree with the comment in that sense that you know, it's kind of what would you rather have, you know? The first one's the scary movie, the second one's the fun one. So the second one, if you want fun, you're getting that plus all of the best parts of the first movie. So <laughs> It's a combo meal. Yeah, no, it's two for the price of one. So, <laughs> uh, But anyway, thank you at Neon Robot Attack for the comment. Appreciate it. Uh, so one last thing we like to do before we move into spoilers is the tagline versus the film, what we think of it overall. So the tagline for Silent Night, Deadly Night was, He knows. When you've been naughty. <laughs> so what do you think of the tagline? What do you think of Silent Night, Deadly Night overall? Look, I'm going to question that because I really don't think, you know, our Billy Santa is all that concerned with whether you've been naughty or nice. He's he very concerned no, with whether you've been not. naughty or he nice. No, he's not. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't know if you've been naughty or nice. It you doesn't matter. You can lie matter. to his face. The only he's reason he's killing regardless. people is because he thinks he's been, they've been naughty, Chris. Well, so then he doesn't know. He just thinks. Well, I said thinks. In his mind, he knows. And for some of them, they are naughty that he knows of. So Yeah, but that small <laughs> child could have been naughty. 
body and could have just lied straight into his face. He 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 trusted her. He saw it in her eyes that she had not been naughty. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. All right, whatever. That. You're way too focused on this part of it. <laughs> uh, overall, though, I, I do really like this film. Like, I, I do like that mix of comedy and darkness. I love the kills in this. Plus, on top of all that, there is a creepy Santa song playing in the background throughout this film that I am obsessed with. All right, they actually use the holiday to effect, like I was saying before. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's what's so fantastic about this film. So, no, I overall just really like this film, and I am mm. very excited that we're doing this entire franchise because I think the entire thing is bonkers in the way that I love. Oh, it is. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually a hardcore defender of the Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise. You know, I now, if you... If you <laughs> If if twenty percent plus haven't seen the first one, I know that most of you are gonna not have seen parts three through five. <laughs> uh, but I do really recommend them. You know, they're not great movies, but they're fun movies. They're fun <laughs> so, movies. But no, so you know, with this, um, yeah, I mean, I think the tagline works. I, I think it plays really well into what we're gonna talk about in a second when we can talk spoilers here, which is the controversy of the film and people flipping out over the fact that it was a killer Santa Claus. Whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I feel about it. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, what I wanted to mention quickly is just just kind of, you know, the development of this movie, because I thought it was kind of interesting, is that, you know, you mentioned before that this film you felt was kind of overlooked compared to its brethren, right? And so mm-hmm. something that's interesting about Silent Night, Deadly Night is that, first off, it it was originally conceived by a different writer, uh, I think named Paul Kamey, if I remember correctly, who wrote a script called He Sees You When You're Sleeping, um, I hate that title so much. <laughs> I love that title. That, t- <laughs> that title implies all of the uneasy... <laughs> Horrifying. <laughs> horror, yeah. But but he, he had written the original script, and uh, a couple of producers got a hold of it, and they were basically like, this sucks, but we love the idea. So, <laughs> so, so they ended up buying the rights from him, and then they got Michael Hickey to write the script, right? And then apparently they knew someone at TriStar, and so they went to TriStar with it, and TriStar was looking to kind of have their own slasher franchise, right? Because in the '80s, that was the thing. Like, if you didn't have, if you were a studio and you didn't have a slasher franchise, you were missing out, right? Yeah. So, and, and Christmas was like one of the few, you know, holidays <laughs> that somehow didn't have a slasher franchise around it at the time. So, so they picked it up for that, and uh, and then at the time it was also called Sleigh Ride, which I actually kind of like that, you know. I love I- that. <laughs> But anyway, so I, I, I just mentioned this because, you know, I just thought that it was interesting that they got it for the franchise. You know, they were already thinking franchise before the movie even came out. And then to think that, you know, TriStar did do a franchise, but probably not at all the way that they had imagined. <laughs> and that, yeah. And that was because of what we're going to talk about in a minute, which was the controversy. So uh, we're going to move into spoilers now. So, again, if you have not seen it, please do go check out the film. It is well worth it. I love this movie. Chris loves this movie. Yep. But if you're, but if you don't care about spoilers, we're doing that now. So <laughs> get ready to unwrap Deadly, Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So, uh, and, and actually, one of our listeners had a question for this as well. You know, so I, I just tied him in with this. So, at Shannon Morant. So, that's S-H-A-N-N-O-N. M-O-R-A-N-T. Basically wanted to ask us what I wanted to talk about, which is, you know, our thoughts on the controversy of the film and A Killer Santa and how people reacted to that. So, 
you know. You'll have to give me a history lesson. What what was the controversy that happened? Obviously, parents freaking out. I'm yeah, guessing. Yeah. So basically, what happened here is, so you've got this film, Silent Night, Deadly Night, right? Mm-hmm. And you look at the poster of the movie, and it's you know, it's got <laughs> it, fucking it's, hand coming out of the chimney with the axe, right? Yeah. It's like Santa going down the chimney, and his arms hanging out with an axe, right? And, and you've got that tagline we mentioned. And then, you know, essentially what's happening is you're in, they released the movie like right around Christmas. Like, I don't remember what the exact release date was, but I want to say it's like, you know, late December. Mm-hmm. So they released the movie right around Christmas. And basically you had ads playing uh, during the daytime. So as far as I understand, you know, a lot of people reference that they were playing ads for the film like during football games right so mm-hmm. so the middle of the afternoon football games like parents and kids watching the game right and it, you know the silent night deadly night <laughs> trailer comes up and it's fucking killer santa claus you know and and he he knows if you've been bad or whatever and <laughs> and you've got these little kids watching this and just being like santa's a murderer you know and <laughs> so yeah he is uh, so, so what happened from that is that, you know, it, it just suddenly blew up and became like this huge news story to the point where, you know, fucking Dan Rather is doing like specials about talking fuck? about this movie and like the danger of it or whatever. And of course, Siskel and Eber tore it apart because they were a bunch of a couple of shitheads that tore apart every fucking horror movie. Look, yeah, I, don't, I, res- I don't trust them. Look, look, I'm a critic. I respect them too as critics, but holy shit that I never, ever, ever trust their opinion on horror movies. No. Because they just had it out for the genre. They thought... They thought every horror film that came out was like, you know, basically just pure trash that was warping the brain and like turning us all into fucking satanic worshippers, right? They're so, fucking snobs. <laughs> they were total snobs. They they wanted every movie to be Citizen Kane, and I say Ew. fuck Citizen Kane. So. Yeah, gross, boring. <laughs> exactly. So, so it was being talked about by all these people, and then at the same time, you had uh, parents like picketing screenings of the movie. So they were going to, like, theaters, you know, with, like, protests. There were petitions and stuff like that. Oh, my God, and, good job. And it was, it was so bad that basically uh, after, I think, two weeks in the theater, the film got pulled. <laughs> because basi- because all of these parents just did not like this idea of a killer Santa being portrayed in the media. Which was really interesting when you think about it because, you know, you had the Tales from the Crypt movie uh, from 1972, I think. Which has, which was an anthology that has a segment with the Killer Santa. That's the first time you see a Killer Santa on screen that I can recall. Mm-hmm. And then the movie Christmas Evil came out in I think 1980, which is also a Killer Santa Claus, and and that didn't receive the same attention. So for whatever reason, Silent Night Deadly Night just got like the wrath of all these people. <laughs> okay, look, I I have such issue with this. Like, because these kinds of controversies are such bullshit because it comes down to, you know, the way that I kind of view it is, look, if you're parents and you have an issue with this, cool, don't take your fucking kid to go and see it. That's it. That's the end of it. You don't get to dictate to anybody else what they can or can't watch. I don't know. I I always kind of, like, look at this stuff and it's just kind of like, really your issue is with like a killer santa your kid probably wasn't even paying attention to what was going on and you're picketing this movie well so so okay so as a like as from a parental side Uh right i can i can from from a parent's point of view i can see being upset about the movie I don't. I don't understand. Like you know, going and like like you said, like get a fucking job. Like I I can't. I can't even imagine 
these days having the time to go pick at a movie theater because I don't like how a fictional religious character is being portrayed, right? Like it just, I, I just don't, I don't have that in my, in my time log to go do during my free time, right? So, so there's that. I, of course, I'm a huge anti-censorship person, you know, like I, I've been getting so pissed throughout the last year with, you know, all these talks of like taking sex out of movies or, or, you know, like not having characters that are bad people anymore be the protagonist. And it's just like, fuck off, right? fuck off. Like, I don't want to just watch movies about purely good <laughs> people that relate to all of my ideals and values. And I agree with them on every single fucking thing. No, no. that's not interesting. And it's okay? not possible. And it's not possible. And it's not realistic. And it's not, it, th th that does not depict the world that we live in. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I just have so much problem with all that, but. But specifically on this, I can see parents being upset because, yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean imagine like sitting there in a football game, right? And this and this trailer comes up to the killer Santa Claus and your kids just start crying because Christmas is in like two days. And they're like, Santa Claus is going to murder <laughs> us. And you're like, no, I swear you've been good, right? But daddy, I stole the cookie from the cookie jar last week. Oh, yeah, no, he's definitely going to murder you <laughs> yeah, now. Um, you <laughs> so, so I can imagine on that side them being upset. Uh, but at the same time, like, I agree with you. I mean, it's like. Okay, your kid got upset because they saw a trailer during the middle of the day. F fucking sorry, you know, like yeah, that's like deal with it. Like, right. like you know, my my mindset is the world's a horrible place. Your kid, <laughs> your kid's gonna, your kid's gonna experience all that kind of stuff eventually, you know. So like, I personally, I would rather deal with a fictional horror <laughs> to introduce mm. my child. Uh, to the ways that the world sucks than, yeah. than to have them witness actual horror <laughs> and have to deal with that, you know? So, so, so like, I just look at it like that's how I grew up, you know? Like, I, I like to feel that I, I deal with uh, elements of the world a little bit better. If not, you know, I still panic over things, <laughs> but, but, I, but I like to feel that I have a, a good understanding of the world because I didn't, like you know, shelter myself or because I wasn't sheltered from things like this, right? Yeah, you definitely you know, weren't sheltered. <laughs> I definitely was not. <laughs> and, but, you know, to speak on the traumatic side of it, like, I can say, you know, I remember, I very vividly remember going through the aisles of Blockbuster, right, when I was a kid. And Silent Night, Deadly Night is one of those movies that always stood out to me because I'd be going through the aisle and there were always, like, those few VHS covers that, legitimately like terrified me as a kid right mm -hmm. and made me think that movie's got to be the scariest fucking film <laughs> on the planet and and silent night it's silent night deadly night was one of those like you walk by and it's it's a very simple cover with the santa claus and the axe right going mm -hmm. on the chimney but but i saw that and i was just like well i'm fucking scared of santa now you know <laughs> like 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 there there was something so disturbing to me about that the idea of you know, a Santa Claus coming down your chimney to murder you instead of give you presents. Like, that was terrifying as a kid. <laughs> I mean, kids should already be terrified of that. Like, this is a fucking stalker coming in your house. They should already be terrified right. of Santa. But so, but so this, this ties into the other side of it, where I think, where I think it's very much people overreacting. But I think it's people overreacting for a reason that, that we maybe don't acknowledge uh, in this argument as much, you know? So, so when this gets talked about a lot, we think of it in terms of, Oh, you know, they were uh, they were just worried about their kids. Like, mm. they don't want their kids to be traumatized by Santa Claus. And after decades now of the quote unquote war on Christmas, 
I, I have realized now that it actually has nothing to do with the children. Oh, it almost no, never does. Nobody, nobody is thinking of the children, right? No. So the, when I look at this argument, to me, it's a bunch of far, like, you know, super conservative, religious yep. nut jobs <laughs> thinking to themselves, how dare you bastardize my <laughs> fictional gift giver on my fictional God's birthday. Who know? was invented by Coca-Cola. Who was invented by Coca-Cola. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, not really. I mean, the idea of Santa has been around for a long time. but He was, but the, the more societally accepted one that we yeah, use the, now the, was the invented vi- by Coca. The vision of Santa, the way that we uh, yeah. imagine Santa portrayed was invented by Coke, sure. Yeah. But... It's, the idea of Santa's been around a long time, but yeah, it's multiple. But but times. but you know, but that ties in this idea of like you know, it's <laughs> to me, I view Santa Claus as like, and, and this is something I don't think about very often, but I view Santa Claus as like God, like he's basically <laughs> he is God to kids. No, he's not God to kids. He's a God. He was God I'm, to I mean, me. He I mean, gave me presents. No, okay, fine. He's God to kids, <laughs> but but I, I view the creation of him like through religion. Uh-huh. He's really he's really just God in a red suit. That's all. all right. that, well, think about That's it. That's worse. Well, think about it. Look at him. You know, our, our, our general concept of God is, you know, some some dude with a white beard and everything, right? Yeah. Fucking Santa Claus, some dude with a white beard, you know? <laughs> like, like I, I do legitimately believe that Santa Claus was conceived as, like, this alternate version of God. So, basically, what I'm getting at here is you have all these people rioting over this Silent Night, Deadly Night movie. They're not rioting over the kids being traumatized by a killer Santa. They're rioting over the fact that... Their 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 god <laughs> has been bastardized and twisted and warped into this murderous nightmare, and they're pissed about it because everything is about the war on Christmas. Like I have, I cannot even imagine. Like if we had never had a killer Santa movie before, and one was the and death and Silent Night Deadly Night was to come out today, I cannot even imagine the fit that far right people would throw you know it is they so lose their shit it is so <laughs> bad now that an actual news story recently was you know you could you could look it up from fox news a clip of them oh, talking about fox you, you could look it up from them talking about how democrats hate thanksgiving because because inflation right jesus <laughs> and, and it's just like come the fuck like these people have lost their fucking minds yeah, you know? I, I don't understand i I always have a weird feeling anytime you see these people like picketing something like this because you know they just don't know anything about it. You know, they just want to be angry about something. And like, I do have like some personal feelings about it because like we went through it in the comic book industry with Batman Damned a couple of years ago with parents not knowing what the fuck the book was Mm. like and rioting. And so anytime I hear about these parents just being like, I don't know about this killer Santa. We're going to pick at this movie. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, grow the fuck up. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's an issue of that, but I, I really do think it comes back to religious things. Oh, you know, absolutely. I, it, it, I, I really do think it's like mostly religious nutcases that just cannot handle the idea of a fictional portrayal of, of something from their religion, right? So it's like, so like, you know, it's part that, uh, but, but ironically, what I think is so hilarious about it is that it actually inadvertently help cement the movie as a cult classic <laughs> because you know something that these idiots never think of is when you when you protest and malign a film so much that it becomes fucking dateline news <laughs> you know all that does is make every single horror fan and teenager and everyone that you're telling that they can't see the movie 
wants to see the movie. So, yeah. <laughs> so even though the film got pulled after a couple weeks from the theater, the minute that thing hit video, it blew up because like because <laughs> everyone wanted to see this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's uh, I I just always think it's funny. Like the more you restrict something, the more people want it. So yeah. So, so lessons to lawmakers <laughs> and these stupid parents trying to censor everything. It just makes us want it more. Yep. So, so, so anyway, at, thank you, uh, at Shannon Moran, for, for the question. Appreciate it. Um, so after that rant, as usual, you know, <laughs> I just want to start off here with, like, who do we want to talk about with the movie? So, you know, again, we've got Billy, played by Robert Brian Wilson, Mother Superior, played by Lillian Chauvin, uh, Sister Margaret, played by Gilmer McCormick. Who do you, who do you want to talk about in this film? Uh, so I want to talk really briefly about Sister Margaret, just because, wow, is this girl ineffective. Like I Ineffective? Like, she, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I like, like how you're going to knock her, and she's literally the one nice character in the movie. <laughs> okay, so she is the one nice character, but I think, like, at least for me with this film, it kind of goes to show that, like, that whole kind of concept of, like, hopes and prayers and nice thoughts really doesn't amount to much at the end of the day sometimes. For the sole reason that, like, Sismark, she is. She's the nicest person. She believes in Billy. She wants to help him. Like, she's very acknowledging of his trauma and wants to help him work through this. But she does not have the balls to stand up to Mother Superior or to do anything that actually helps Billy. Because, like, you see Sister Margaret try to do things to help him, but it ends up making his situation worse. Uh, well, see, okay, I, I think you're being too hard on her. So, of like, course, I am always hard you, on people. You are never sympathetic <laughs> to characters. Um, so, like, you know, as far as Sister Margaret goes, I mean, look, do, does she ultimately not help anything? I mean, yeah, that's kind of the point, right? Like, yeah. the, the church fails. <laughs> like, that, that, is a, that, that to me is a big theme of the movie, is the mm. church the church and every other construct we have that's supposed to help people fails in this movie. So, yeah. so, so she definitely fails there, but you know, I think the heart's in the right place of like getting the job at the toy store. She's just trying to help Billy get out with his life. Right. She is, But that's and, a terrible idea. That's the worst place for him to work. No, it's not. It I is. Mean, <laughs> if you have a kid who's traumatized by Christmas. Well, I don't <laughs> think that she planned on having him play fucking Santa Claus. But you're still going to be surrounded by Christmas stuff more so than any other job. I mean that's not true. This is America, okay? You're sur- you're sur- everywhere you go is surrounded by fucking Christmas beginning like November first, if not before then. So I mean, ha- Halloween is barely even rotting in its grave <laughs> before Christmas is dancing all over it. So, so no, so no. Like I, I think I think like okay, yeah. But was the Toy Story the best idea? I don't know. Probably not. But no, terrible but, idea. But she's still trying to help. And as far as standing up to Mother Superior, I mean, it's her fucking boss. Like. There's only so much she can do, you know? She can't, like... <laughs> this is a kid's life at stake, though. It doesn't matter. Like, what she could do? She could have called the cops and say, like, Mother Superior hits him with a ruler sometimes? Like, at that... at that, she, Mother at that... Superior beats two kids with a belt! Yeah, well, at that time, that was standard punishment. I mean, fuck, my own parents hit me in the ass with a belt. So, like... <laughs> you know, so, so the point is... But that's part of the point, is no one was going to do anything. Mother, mm-hmm. Mother Superior could have tied Billy to his bed every goddamn night for a year and it, it, no one would have helped like no. the cops aren't going to do anything sister margaret couldn't do anything mm-hmm. you know and so it all just speaks to that that concept of like the the failing systems you know cuz that 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 to me ties into ties into you know the whole the whole grandpa element right mm-hmm. which is that so so you meet grandpa 
and he is, you know, in this mental institution. And this is another example, I think, of, you know, Silent Night, Deadly Night kind of talking about how institutions fail us Mm -hmm. or or how society fails us in, like, recognizing or dealing with mental health because, you know, here you have Grandpa in this mental institution and – you know, not only do you see other small mistakes like the parents fucking leaving Billy alone <laughs> with Grandpa, <laughs> like like hey Billy, just stay here by yourself with your comatose creepy grandfather. You know, <laughs> it, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> um, not only does that happen, but then it, you know, it, it almost kind of speaks to this idea of like because of Billy's interaction with Grandpa, you know, even before his parents are killed that sets Billy on this train track of having his own issues, right? Yeah. Like, like he's actually traumatized from the moment that Grandpa talks about Santa Claus being a murderer and all that kind of <laughs> stuff long before his parents die. I mean, not long. It's like a few hours, but you so get you my kinda, point. So you kind of see that as a failing of, like, the systems? Well, I see it as a failing of the systems because, you know, because not only not, not only was – nobody really maybe taking care of grandpa the way they should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I more so see it as like this idea of, you know, a lot of families uh, do have mental health issues that pass through the family. Right. Yes. You know, like, mm-hmm. like Lovecraft's a great example where both of his parents, if I remember right, died in a mental institution and Lovecraft spent his entire life thinking that that was going to be his fate as well. Right. Mm-hmm. And it ultimately kind of drove him a little bit crazy. So, so that is an issue. And, and with Billy, I just see him as like, I, I almost have a theory that Billy was, you know, maybe a little bit mentally disturbed before any of the events of the movie. Mm-hmm. And so I sort of see everything that he goes through in the film, you know, whether it be through Sister Margaret or the way that, you know, some of his coworkers at the toy store treat him without really understanding him or, or the way that the kids treat him without really understanding him, you know. Mm-hmm. T- to me, it all just kind of wraps up into this, you know, big, like, snowball effect of just, like, Billy being failed again and again and again and again without people really acknowledging the real issues with him and helping with that. So. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. You know, that, that is why I kind of like pointed to see sister Margaret as like, you know, the, you know, kind of, I don't know, I guess symbol of, you know, how good thoughts are nice, but with, without action, it doesn't really do anything. Oh, for me, I had a completely different take on Grandpa because we know I, I do not think as deeply as you do about this stuff sometimes. <laughs> you think about things? No, I'm just kidding. Not really. <laughs> uh, honestly, for me, the way that I kind of viewed Grandpa is that he is the voice of the past. Um, you know, Interesting. <laughs> so Christmas is such an interesting time and an interesting holiday because, okay, nowadays it's very Christianized. It's all about, you know, birth of Jesus and, and Santa and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it came out of the winter solstice. It came out of all of these other traditions and pagan traditions and all that kind of stuff that were a lot darker because it was all about the darkest day of the year, which is the scariest day of the year. Mm. You know, it's when you're at the most risk and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of saw, you know, Grandpa only speaking to Billy and warning him, basically being that reminder of the past of like, hey, fucker, like, everything's not all, like, nice and cheery and all that kind of stuff. You need to know that the world is a much harsher place sometimes. Be prepared. And then his parents get murdered, and Billy is never the same. Yeah, no, I don't I don't see it that way at all. <laughs> That's fine. I think, I think he's the voice of the past. Whatever. I think, I think, that, 
I, I think that if anything, Grandpa's the voice of Billy. Like, I, 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 part of my theory is that I actually don't think that Grandpa talks at all. I think it's all in Billy's head. Really? Yeah. So, you know, before, before they even get there, Billy's reading the, the Night Before Christmas book, right? And there's just, there's just something, like, look, I always thought that, that was kind of creepy. You know, I, the, the very idea of Santa Claus is a little weird, you yeah. know? Like, <laughs> and maybe it just touches on, like, kind of my apprehension towards religion in general, but, like, the whole thing with Santa Claus is a little fucking off, you know? <laughs> and and so, so like I said, I, I feel like Billy maybe had troubles before then, mm-hmm. and maybe he's reading this book, and, it, you know, it's it's putting into his head these, uh, these ideas of, like, fuck, Santa's kind of creepy, right? <laughs> and so when he's alone with Grandpa, you know, he might just be kind of imagining grandpa speaking to him because if you imagine the idea or you know if you consider the fact that billy ultimately has some pretty serious mental health issues you know it's not mm. it's not so far out of left field to imagine that maybe billy imagined grandpa talking in the first place you know so i mean there's that part of it and then i mean you know the other part if you want to just talk about mental health issues like spreading through the family and everything you know i <laughs> i made a note of like of like who punished grandpa because because <laughs> grandpa <laughs> Because Grandpa, if Grandpa is actually talking there, Grandpa's had a pretty fucked up past, right? So, um, so, so you know, you almost wonder, like, what happened to Grandpa? Who, who, which Santa hurt Grandpa in his past? <laughs> uh, Can you pick him out of a lineup, Grandpa? Which Santa hurt you? Right, and and it's and it's kind of a stretch with this, you know, um, which I'm not even gonna get that much into it because it's that much of a stretch, but. One way that I kind of looked at it too is like you know what what is Christmas? Christmas is the the birth of Christ or whatever, right? So mm-hmm. and celebrating his B day, you know whatever birthday we're on for him, um, <laughs> and 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 so Grandpa talking about Christmas Eve being the scariest goddamn night of the year, you know to me I just took that as um, what he's really saying is the <laughs> the night before the birth of a new life into the family <laughs> is the scariest goddamn night of the year, you know? Cause it's almost like it's, you know, there, there is this sort of like fear of family and loss and that kind of thing playing in the, a silent night, deadly night. So I almost wonder like, shit, maybe grandpa had a, you know, had a familial loss oh, damn. or whatever around that time. And that's why he's all fucked up. But, uh, but, but, you know, so, Getting back to Sister Margaret, though, although actually I, fr- I just realized I never said who I wanted to talk about. No, you didn't. I was just going to let you go. <laughs> so, I thought you wanted to talk about Grandpa. <laughs> well, Grandpa's part of who I want to talk about. I, so I'm not going to spend time on this, but I just really quickly wanted to mention, uh, for me, it is the the initial killer Santa that kills Billy's parents. and I only The want- dude who robs a store for $31? Yes, and that's why I wanted to mention him, uh, because it, it's a small theme in Silent Night, Deadly Night. I mean, look. Sound identity—it's actually, you know, the the writer himself, Michael Hickey, will say that you know it's not an intellectual movie, and, and it's not. It's a slasher film. It's not. It's not that intellectual. But but Matt there, will make it intellectual. But there, <laughs> but there are, but there are things that are really smart about it, and the film overall, like it, it's very subtly, you know, kind of ripping apart our our sort of nicer, touchy feely concepts of Christmas, you know, and and it's and part of that's represented in that initial murder where the santa kills the gas station attendant who himself is saying like you know is this is is this all about greed or whatever and as as the santa murders him for 31 dollars <laughs> proving his point you know yeah. that that at the heart of it there is so much like 
corruption and bullshit that goes on around Christmas of people just being fucking greedy. <laughs> yeah. That, that that Santa to me purely represents that. He is murdering someone for $31. <laughs> and alternatively, the shop owner is letting himself die over $31. <laughs> is letting himself die. Well, as, as in he's trying to, you know, he could have just given the Santa the money and walked away, but he tries to, like, pull out a gun and stop the Santa over $31. You know, <laughs> I, I say I say just give him the money and let him go fucking ho-ho-ho his way out of the store. So, <laughs> where was I? So, <laughs> I feel like sometimes I go on such a rant that I, I have to, like, take a second to be like, where am I again? Um... <laughs> So, so look, so, so y- you've been mentioning, like, punishment and Mother Superior. Yeah, So like, fuck that bitch. Well, why fuck that bitch, you know? like <laughs> Fucking Mother Superior. So, the reason why I say fuck that bitch is because she makes everything with Billy worse. Like, I, I like your idea that you brought up with Grandpa that maybe that conversation never actually happened, and it's really Billy exploring these themes that are being brought up at Christmas. This idea of naughty versus nice, what equates to naughty, what is nice, and this idea of, like, punishment. Because, like, for a kid, it's like, oh, you can get a lump of coal. But suddenly he's having this conversation with Grandpa, and maybe it's in his brain, but punishment now seems to escalate, and then his parents immediately get murdered. And that, I think, kind of cements in his head what potential punishment for being naughty is. Well, then- he well he even says, uh, right before his parents are murdered, you know, his, his mom says something about Grandpa, and Billy has that hilarious reaction yeah. where he's like, oh, Mommy, you shouldn't, th- you, that was naughty, you shouldn't say things like that about old people. Right, and-, <laughs> and then she's immediately murdered, which, yes, it, it solidifies in his mind, like, oh, you do something bad around Christmas and Santa Claus murders you. Yeah. And that's how, that's just how it works. (laughs) Well, and then you go from that and then you go into this, you know, group home orphanage type of thing where it's run by this woman who very much believes in capital punishment. Mm. And so like, this is why I say fuck that bitch because I think she cements all of these terrible things that Billy's wrestling with into his mind. These ideas (coughs) that you cannot even be the slightest bit naughty. Like, God forbid you get, like, a little bit of sex in a closet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, well, I mean, look, you know, this is this is part of the angle of the film and, and the way it talks about the church. And, you know, it's funny to me because uh, Michael Hickey, the, the writer, he thought that, like, nobody involved with the film was naive to the fact that it was going to get controversy. They knew it was going to get controversy. They just maybe weren't positive about the reasons it was going to get controversy. <laughs> You know, so like Michael, he, he thought that the film was going to get controversy because of the portrayal of the church. Mm-hmm. You know, not the whole Santa <laughs> thing, but the church thing. And, and in that, I, I can definitely understand why, because this movie eviscerates the church. Yes. Like, you know, and, and, it, and it touches on so many things of why I have, why I personally have issues with, uh, with heavily enforced religion is, you know, first of all, I, I went to Sunday school when I was a kid. I hated it. So the, sorry. <laughs> the minute the minute that I was old enough to say I didn't want to go, I stopped going. Uh, but while I was there, you know, it you got shades of this. Like, luckily, I didn't have to stay with these people. But every Sunday for a few hours, I had to be with these nuns, and they were kind of like Mother Superior. You know, like I I remember being shouted at for the way I drink from a water fountain. What right? The f- like, did you put your whole mouth on it, like the people of Pawnee? 
<laughs> no, no, I didn't. But I was <laughs> Um, no, no, I I don't even remember what was wrong with the way I was drinking it. Just the way I was standing. I have no fucking idea. But they laughing it they, up like a dog. But they were like that, you know. They'd hit your hands with rulers, like stuff like that. It just, it, it's it, you know. It, so so this whole idea of punishment. I mean, that to me is is religion or, or is the is the Catholic and Christian faith in a nutshell, right? Yes. Is is punishment like they're mm. so heavy on punishment and everything's a fucking sin and you should always be ashamed of yourself and and you're never doing anything right you know like everyone who everyone around you who's different than you is bad and a sinner and it's like Ugh. you know <laughs> it, it puts all these ideas in your head mm. and it's why you know it's why i do think that this film is actually kind of fascinating because it's really getting into like through the mother superior character how badly these kind of ideas can influence a child when they're enforced in this way over and over and over again right yeah you know so like most people would look at a kid like billy and say shit that kid that kid needs some nurturing you know he need, he needs some like sister he, margaret says he, he needs some good like christmas experiences you know <laughs> show him that it's not that bad meanwhile most superior is like hey, you know, I, I'm a nun, which automatically qualifies me to be a th- child therapist, and so I'm going to put <laughs> this kid on and make him sit on Santa's lap, you know, the the very figure that he watched murder his parents <laughs> two years ago or whatever. Like, you know, the, the, she's constantly just, she constantly reinforces the idea of punishment and, you know, uh, just that is the way to live. Every time you do something wrong, you must be punished. And then she makes it even worse for him because – in some ways, Silent Night, Deadly Night is kind of a pseudo coming of age film because I, I do view a lot of Billy's problems, you know, considering that he finally ultimately snaps at the age of 18 after seeing uh, the girl that he's interested in hooking up with the other guy. Hooking that is up? Well, being sexually assaulted. Well, okay, but they're. But it looks like they're going <laughs> to hook up first, and then the guy, yes, yeah, sexually assaults her. Okay. But she's still going off. I mean, they're, they're, they're going off to the back, holding hands and flirting, okay? So, like, it's still there's, – there's sexuality implied, and then that dude obviously goes too far with it. So he doesn't <laughs> understand consent. He does not understand, understand consent, which leads to his punishment. Um, yep. <laughs> punish! But, <laughs> but he – but, you know – but ultimately what happens is, like, so you have that scene – I know I'm all over the place. I'm sorry. You have that scene with Mother Superior where she catches Billy looking through the doorknob at the two people having sex, right? And by Billy immediately being punished over that, and by those people being punished, you know, that that ends up conflating into Billy's mind of, like, sex bad. Yes. You know? Like, that makes him think sex is bad. And, and he also has the image of, like, you know, Santa ripping his mom's shirt off and everything. Like, you know, so, so sexuality to him becomes a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And... So when you have, you know, so you have Mother Superior enforcing that. So to me, you know, what ultimately makes Billy snap is the reminder of sex is bad. And it, you know, it brings up, he's basically like, he's basically like this sheltered kid who, who essentially feels like everything's a sin, you know? Yes. And so because of that, like, and anything adult really is worthy of punishment to him. Mm -hmm. So, so... So, you know, in this case, in particular sex, that's what sets Billy off. And so it's why I kind of view it as a sort of coming of age film. Yeah. Um, because because he is a character who unfortunately is kind of trapped in this like childlike state where 
you know, the church has convinced them that almost every part of adulthood is bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, by being forced to reconcile with that, it it's ultimately too much for him and so he snaps <laughs> yeah i definitely agree with you on that i do very much see this as a coming of age because i feel like for all of us at 18 that's really our moment that we're starting to branch out and we're starting to try to learn how to think for ourselves and unfortunately for billy with mother superior she has impressed upon him so much through physical violence for the most part that punishment not only is necessary but it's good and that you have to live this pristine life that nobody's fucking capable of well, well and that's the thing that's why and that's why i'm glad that's why i am glad that this movie <laughs> eviscerates the church because that was always the issue that i had with the church growing up is like everything is bad yeah you'll never <laughs> like, be good enough exactly like you know <laughs> we're, we're like the whole idea behind religion is to give you hope basically yeah you know you're not yeah you're, you're not really supposed to take 100 percent of it like all to heart and mm -hmm. fact and all that kind of stuff because it's not fact <laughs> most yeah. of it's made up um but the idea of it is is like any good story it's just supposed to it's just supposed to inspire you right yeah it, so so religion's supposed to inspire you to be a better person it's supposed to inspire you to have hope it gives people something to you know a, a way to deal with death because we have something to look forward to after right if you believe all of that and what Silent Night, Deadly Night does is it touches on the very, <laughs> the the way that all of that's kind of been twisted and morphed into, you know, making us more obedient and, mm -hmm. you know, just trying to like basically warp our brains <laughs> into into just following the church blindly, and you know, essentially, I I end up looking at this movie as like the best anti-spaking movie ever made because, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just you just see all the ways that Mother Superior like physically and mentally you know brutalizes billy mm -hmm. and it's almost like the film is saying hey everything all of this the exact wrong way <laughs> <laughs> to to raise and punish a child right and, and i can attest to that like spanking didn't do shit for me as a kid <laughs> if anything it made me more rebellious especially when i got to the point that my parents spanking was not strong enough to actually hurt me and i vividly remember laughing at i won't wait, i won't mention of which course. parents but I vividly remember laughing at one of my parents as they were spanking me in the butt with a belt because I was just like, I'm too old for this. Like, this doesn't do shit for me now. <laughs> this doesn't even hurt. <laughs> well, I, I do feel like that's a part of it is that, you know, Billy gets so trapped in this in this mind frame where he's trying to be perfect and he's not able to because he's human. But he's seen the unfortunate consequences of being naughty because of that goddamn Santa shooting their goddamn car in the middle of the night. And so he ends up snapping and basically becoming this avatar of punishment because that's the only way he can deal with, you know, what he's going through, which I think makes our, our ending so much more heartbreaking when we have Billy, you know, he's got that line at the end after he's been shot. And Mother Superior, fuck this bitch. <laughs> Billy, like, reaches out to her in that end moment and grabs onto her, and she just yanks her arm away like the fucking bitch I she mean, is. he did try to kill her, so, like... Yeah, she kind of deserved it. She kind of did, but if I were her, I'm not going to have any... I'm not going to have any sympathy but she's for a, Billy. she's a goddamn nun. She's supposed to be compassionate. No, no, no. Okay, look, I hate Mother Superior, but... I do. I, I don't care. I don't care what your beliefs are. If somebody tries to murder you, you... You do not have to be sympathetic towards them. So. If you fuck the child up, then maybe the least you can do is hold his hand in death. 
I mean, listen, if you try to murder me tomorrow, I'm not going to be like, well, I guess I deserve this because I've been a shit husband. I'm going to be like, fuck you. <laughs> Get away from me. <laughs> I never want to talk to you again. <laughs> like, I don't have sympathy for you if you try to cut my throat. <laughs> I'm not going to cut your throat. No, I'm not going to be like, well, I guess this is fine because I deserve this. <laughs> I'm not going to let you see me coming. What am I, an idiot? Well, either way, I'm not, <laughs> look, before or after, I'm not going to be like, hey, I get it. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Look, ridiculousness of Mother Superior's final actions aside, we're talking about Billy and his very tragic end. I mean, look, it is a tragic end because, you know, it, first of all, you've got Mother Superior over and over again. So, well, first of, first of all, is you got these kids witnessing <laughs> not one but two Santa Claus is being shot to death in front of them <laughs> because yeah. because the cops, the other failing institution in this film, which is not which, again, is subtle, but it's there. Mm. Uh, the cops shoot the deaf man playing <laughs> Santa Claus for the kids on Christmas. Uh, so they kill him in front of the kids. And then literally like minutes later, they murder Billy in front of the kids. So so all of those kids, every single one of those kids in that in that orphanage is traumatized now. And we could literally make like 30 sequels of Silent Night, Deadly Night just following each one of those kids. <laughs> and how they deal um, with the trauma of Santa being murdered. Yeah, and how they each become their own killer Santa. So, awesome. Um, so there's that. But what was I saying? So Mother Superior, <laughs> you know, when, when Billy's coming at her, she's, she's saying in front of the kids, like, Santa Claus is not real. Santa Claus is not real. Santa Claus is not real. And then Billy's dying words are, Santa is gone. And I think you can kind of take that a few different ways but for me i sort of looked at it as as when billy says santa is gone he's kind of saying like his childhood's gone i think Mm -hmm. you know he's kind of saying well i mean i mean it is because he's dead but well well so to me again if you look at it as like a coming of age movie Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the death of his innocence right and and granted i mean his his innocence been has been basically dead since like the beginning of the movie yeah but he still has a little bit left, you know. Like you, he is, he's a very hopeful there, kid. Like there, there is still there is still a good kid in there before he snaps and murders everyone, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like that's the tragedy of it is that, you know, he is this kid who I think is very much trapped in a childlike state, which is why I think the happiest that you see him in the movie, and why I disagree with you about the toy store thing, the happiest that you see him in the movie is when he's working in the toy store and he's like. You know, helping kids get toys and stuff like that. And he's just he he just likes that environment, right? Yeah. Um, he likes being a kid in a toy store, and and so like to me, those dying words are basically like the the last of whatever Billy was. You know, before he snapped, is dead. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, like his his childhood's dead, his innocence is dead, and all that's left is this fucking bullet <laughs> shot up dude in a Santa Claus outfit. <laughs> Um, I mean, I kind of like to view it a little bit more as him, I guess, in a way, trying to protect these other kids from what he went through. Um, you can look at it that way, too. Like, he's trying to tell them, like, hey, Santa's not Santa's not coming to murder you anytime soon because he's dead. <laughs> well, not even that, but, like, also to, to go off of some of the things that you've been talking about as Santa as this, you know, symbol of this institutionalized religion and everything like that. You know, maybe almost something where when he's saying that, like, don't worry, you know, Santa's dead, he's trying to release these kids from the burden that he's been under. This burden that, like, you have to be perfect because this weird, creepy old dude is watching you all the time and judging what you're doing. He knows when you're awake. (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. So I, I he knows when you've been bad or good. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so be good for goodness sake. Sure. But yeah, I kind of view it as maybe more him trying to like release the burden that he was not able to, you know, escape from. For the the other kids of like, don't worry, like I took all the Santa juice. You guys are free now. I don't know that maybe no Santa that, juice. That, that's that's a lot to consider in his dying moments. <laughs> but uh, so I I don't I kind of buy that he's t- that he's maybe telling the kids like. <laughs> Hey, Santa's dead. He's not going to come murder you. I kind of get that. The the complexity of what you're saying, though, is oh, maybe sure. a little Oh, sure. You can much. have complex <laughs> statements, but I no, can't. No, 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 no. It's not about me having. Com- it's not about it being a complex statement in general. I'm just, I, I'm I'm just saying not, I don't. I have deep thoughts. I'm just saying I don't imagine all of that going through Billy's head in the moment that he's dying. But maybe I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. <laughs> I, I alternatively, I think that him saying Santa is gone is going back to how. You know, I'm kind of referencing Santa as being God himself, right? Mm-hmm. Or being a representation of that. <laughs> he killed and God? No, not he killed God. I, I see him as, I see him saying that as saying God is dead. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I, I see I see it as Billy having grown up with the church and, and been around all his violence and family institutions and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, his final thought is just like, this world's fucked, man. <laughs> like, like God, God's dead. There is no God. There's no, there's no Santa Claus. There's no Easter Bunny. There's no fucking critters. There's, it's all gone. There's no critters. No, and I only thought of that just so everyone doesn't think I'm crazy because of the Easter reference. Obviously, <laughs> that was my train of thought there. That's why, for me personally, the line that I love that we kind of end on is Ricky, the younger brother's line, where he just looks at that goddamn Mother Superior and just goes naughty. Because mm-hmm. she gets it. She gets what he was going for. Well, and or, she's naughty, so, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, so we got to start wrapping up. So who is your killer idiot of Silent Night, Deadly Night? Like, you can disagree with me all you want. I still think it's Sister Margaret for getting him a job at a goddamn toy store. You always pick on the nicest characters in the movie. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I, it's just, it's easier. <laughs> Oh, fair enough. Um, to me, it's very obviously the gas station attendant who died for fucking thirty dollars. <laughs> like, I swear to God, if you ever try to degun someone sticking you up at your comic book shop over like a hundred bucks, I'm be very upset. <laughs> I got a baseball bat. I'll be fine. No, you won't. <laughs> uh, so no, it, it very much was him. Do listen, people. If you work retail or something like that. Do not try to disarm a gunman over fucking thirty dollars. Obviously, just, just give him the goddamn thirty dollars. Um, cause look, even if you think, even if you're trying to be like, all like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop them from getting the $30 or, or I'm gonna be a hero or whatever. It's like, no, you're not. If, if you think that they're gonna kill you regardless, I mean, they're gonna kill you regardless. Like, don't try to fucking die for $30. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so, uh, who's your killer death of Silent Night, Deadly Night? Obviously it's Linnea Quigley for getting murdered by the goddamn antlers because that kill is amazing. Yeah, no, it, to me, it is also Linnea Quigley. Um... Well, first of all, for those that don't know, Chris, um, <laughs> who, you know, I, I, I love seeing Linnea in this, you know, because this, I think, is before, yeah, because, you know, we all know Linnea, Night of the Demons, uh, Return of the Living Dead, like, great actress, but, you know, she, I, I love her in this because, I mean, that death scene is just like, God, it is so good, you know, having Billy just lift her up and, like, push her onto these antlers and leave her hanging there like this fucking morbid Christmas decoration. Yeah. Like, like, to me, that is by far the best kill in the movie. There's other great ones. I love the kid getting his head chopped off while sledding, and there's a few others, but 
But that one, I mean, that that is the iconic. Everybody remembers Linnea hanging up on the antlers in this movie. So lastly, what about your killer MVP? Dude, that's the Santa's watching song that plays throughout like the movie. No, to to your Isn't that a real song? Like I don't was that made for this movie? I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> but they chose to use it in this movie, so it gets the MVP. Look, no, this is going back to something that you brought up at the very beginning of the show. That especially when you're doing a Christmas horror film, atmosphere is everything and how you set everything up. And with, you know, Silent Night, Deadly Night, there is a lot of good Christmas imagery, especially once we get into, like, the kills. But having this song throughout the thing that's talking about, like, Santa's watching, Santa's creeping, like, when you listen to the lyrics, it really sets up the whole mood of the film. And I think that that's so cool and impressive because it's just in the background. So it's just creepily warming its way into your brain. So, right, so, so Chris's pick is the the creepy Santa is the, is the, is song. The, is the free Christmas song that they probably used. <laughs> and then, it was a good. Cho- you uh, choose musicians all the time. Why is it weird yeah, that I choose choo- this song? Yeah, I'm choosing the actual composer Perry Bakken Jr. Because looking past the awesome Christmas song that gives you the creeps, looking past the probably free IP that they or the probably free song that they used for this, um, I'm I'm gonna say the composer because I think that you know the Silent Night Deadly Night score has a huge play into how effective and creepy this movie is, you know, because it is so like again when you talk about ugliness and and nastiness and whatever. Like the the score to this is very much like it's like a violent score. I don't yeah. I don't quite know how to describe it. Like it's a violent score. Like it feels it feels in your face. It feels mean. It's there it's, is no Christmas cheer in it. There is no Christmas <laughs> cheer in it. Uh, it fe- it feels very unnerving. You know, it's it's very dark. Like it's not. It's there's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing cheery about it. There there's there's nothing fun about it you know it's not it's not like scores in other horror films that are kind of creepy but fun or you know like the exorcist tubular bells and stuff like that like those are those are fun and spooky this is not that this is very much like get under your skin make you uncomfortable Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh and, and when you do combine that with all of the christmas imagery and you know the the snow and the the creepy elf ornaments you know, and the creepy elf ornaments. I don't know. There's like those. There's like those ornaments in the toy store that are moving around, and they look oh, like elves. Oh yeah, okay. Um, make me feel dumb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's an animatronic, not an or- ornament, but you know, it's the same goddamn thing. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, Why am I the dumb one? <laughs> decoration. What do you want from me? Uh, so, so no, yeah. So I, I say it's the score. I think that I think the score really pulls the film together. And and makes it as memorable as it is. I mean, obviously, I I, I feel like Silent Night Deadly Night is one of those movies where everything's firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think everything works in this film pretty much. So so it could go, really go to anybody. Uh, but for me, the composer is really what like ties the, the score is really what ties it all together. All right, so that's gonna do it for us on Silent Night Deadly Night. So I hope you enjoyed that. Hopefully, not a lump of coal discussion. Um, so <laughs> Again, next week, we will be talking about Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, uh, which I am pretty sure you can stream on Tubi, possibly other places, maybe Shutter. And yeah, so go do your homework with that. If you've never <laughs> seen it, you are in for a bonkers treat of a movie. I, so excited. <laughs> I just, just prepare yourself mentally for the weirdest fucking movie you've ever seen. 
Um, and yeah, that's good deal for us on that. So I'm Matt. And I'm Chris. And have a good night, horror fans. Don't be naughty. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. I hope you've enjoyed tonight's episode of Killer Horror Critic. If you'd like to scream with us some more, please subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Killer From Space, as well as Instagram at Killer underscore horror underscore critic. New episodes release every Friday, so keep your eyeballs peeled just the way I like them. Have a good night, horror fans. <laughs> <laughs>